You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with God's help in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5768-2007. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayeshev. In this week's Parsha, we have one of my favorite stories in the Torah, which is the story of Joseph and his brothers. The story is both tragic and joyful in the end, and it's the story of the Jewish people, in a certain way, of great tragedy, and in the end, great joy. The way the story starts is with the jealousy of the brothers. The jealousy is aroused in a number of different ways. The Torah describes it as, the, as follows. The Torah says that Joseph was singled out with love from Yaakov, from Jacob, and he, Jacob made him a beautiful coat of many colors. But that wasn't enough to arouse the jealousy of the brothers. Because don't forget they were very righteous people, all of them. But the Torah tells us that what actually aroused the hatred and the animosity of the brothers was the fact that Yosef, in his righteousness, he was constantly concerned about the welfare of his brothers, and specifically their spiritual welfare. And the verse tells us that he would bring their evil dibasam ra, he would bring evil speech about them to their father Yaakov, to Jacob. And the purpose of this evil speech, as Yaakov understood it, was because he wanted to better the brothers, he wanted to help them, he wanted their spiritual lives to be greater. But they didn't see it that way. They just saw Joseph as this young person who's trying to show them how to live. And they, they were really hurt. And they were, didn't really feel like Yosef was someone who was so great. But Yaakov really understood how great Yosef was. And that's why he specifically gave him this coat of many colors. Because he saw the greatness that, that lied dormant within him that would soon come out. And in fact, that was part of the reason why the, the dreams were so powerfully negative to the brothers because they just saw it as this young lad Joseph thinking about how he's going to rule over them it was just it just reinforced how they felt that he was just you know trying to try try to start up with them try to be in charge of them try to control them but the truth was as Yaakov knew this is all the explanation of a Victor Miller as Yaakov understood he was really someone who had a very high caliber of, of character he really cared about his brothers and that was the truth but the brothers didn't see it that way, and that's why they had the jealousy. This all led up to the sale of Joseph. Joseph comes to find his brothers, and they, they throw him in the pit, and in the end they sell him to a, a group of Arabs. Now here's the interesting point that I would like to discuss. Because the verse says something which at first seems to be perplexing. The verse tells us that these Arabs that Joseph was sold to, so it says, Their camels were carrying... Spices and balsam and lotus. That's how the article translates it. So Rashi says, why is it important for us to know what they were carrying? Who cares? What's the difference? And he says that usually the Arabs, what they would trade in was naft and tar, which had a horrible smell. But the reason that the Torah pointed this out to us was that so we should be aware that it's not like a righteous person, Hashem specifically, specifically protects him, that he shouldn't have to smell this horrible smell. So I heard a beautiful question, a very insightful question from my Rosh Yeshiva Rabbi Yechiel Per of Yeshiva Farakway. He asked the question as follows. Imagine this. You're being taken by the mafia. They found out what you did. They're taking you. They put cement shoes on you. They're going to take you out to the East River. They throw you in the trunk of their car. And right there next to you in the trunk, as you're being taken out to die, there's a bouquet of roses. And you think to yourself, wow, they smell so good. Would you look at those roses and say, wow, what an unbelievable gift from God? Or would you think, I'm on my way to die and you wouldn't really be noticing those roses? This, that's the question. 
what is the mila? What is the what is a gain for the tzaddik for the righteous person Joseph that he that he doesn't have to suffer from a horrible smell going down to Egypt? What what did it gain for him? As far as he's concerned, everything that's going on in his life has turned out to be horrible. Here he was, the beloved of Jacob. Here he was the one with the coat of many colors, the one who's constantly worrying about his brothers, he had a sense of responsibility, he had these wonderful dreams that seemed to imply that he would become a leader to his brothers. And he's being sent down to Egypt as a slave. Would he notice, or why would he notice, that, that, this, that, that the spices that are being sent down by these Arabs that are being taken down are sweet-smelling spices as opposed to tar? Is that a comfort to the tzaddik? What's the comfort? Another place where we see a similar idea is that there are countless, numerous, unbelievable stories during the Holocaust when God seemed to have turned His back on the people of, of Israel, on the Jews, on us. There were countless miraculous stories where people were saved in a way that was unbelievable. Just as a quick example, I'd like to tell you the story that someone recently told me, a person who's a good friend of mine, and his parents are Holocaust survivors. And he told me the following story about his father, that they were taking, it was the end of the war, and they were taking the Jews out on a death march. And they were marching the Jews off, and as everyone knows, the Germans were very big sticklers for everyone being in line and everything being exactly the way it's supposed to be. And they were walking along, and this my friend's father doesn't know why, but he decided to lean over to tie his shoe. And as he leaned over to tie his shoe, everyone else kept marching along. And nobody noticed that he wasn't still on the line. And he survived. Now that's one just small story. And there were other stories in this man's life where he miraculously survived. And there, there are numerous, countless stories of people who survived the war, the Holocaust, this horrible tragedy for the Jewish people through, through a miracle. Now the question is, what is the, how do we take this? How do we understand this? When we look at some, a tragedy as colossal as the Holocaust, where God's clearly turning away from us, clearly leading us to, to a horrible, tra tragic death. But nevertheless, inside of the, the tragedy, there's, there's, a, there's a, a breath of hope. What's the, how do we understand this? How do we, under, how do we look at it? So my Rosh Hashiv explained a really beautiful idea. And with this idea, it's something that we can really, really connect to in our own lives. It's really a tremendously beautiful idea. And he says as follows. There's a concept of imoy anoichi bitzara which means that Hashem is with us in our distress. And even when HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, our God, is sending something which seems on the surface to be evil, something that seems to be horrible, so it seems to be utter destruction, Hashem still is inside of it and He shows us His hand even inside of the ultimate evil. And what this means is for a Joseph, someone who, someone who had just been on top of the world and everything seemed to be rosy and everything seemed to be unbelievable, there was a message that he had been given in these dreams. The dream said that you're going to be on top of the world. But then immediately everything seemed to be the exact opposite of that. He was thrown in a pit, sold as a slave. It seemed to be the whole, his whole world was turned upside down. And it seemed that those dreams, which he knew clearly to be a prophetic in some way, were not going to be fulfilled. That's how it seemed. But Hashem was inside of there. And there was something that happened there that was clearly divine. And that was that these Arabs were carrying things that they didn't normally carry. Normally they carried these horrible smelling things. But now these Arabs that Joseph went down to Mitzrayim, to Egypt with, they were carrying these sweet smelling spices. And it was something that Joseph would have noticed right away. And he could had the opportunity to think 
God is still with me. He never gave up. And you see that throughout the story. Joseph never gives up. It's unbelievable. Every single time he gets thrown in jail, he's always constantly, the name of God is constantly on his lips. He doesn't give up. Nothing, nothing deters him from his knowledge, his connection to the fact that God is with him. And that's what, why he ultimately triumphs. And that's when he sees finally in the end that his dreams are indeed fulfilled. And the same thing is true in a certain sense. We haven't seen, obviously, the final redemption yet. But in a certain sense, even in the Holocaust, you know, there's a message that God, God tells us, and that is that, I never am going to leave you. Your problems are my problems, God says to the people of Israel. And Hashem constantly shows us that. And that's why they were countless miracles during the Holocaust where people were saved in unbelievably miraculous ways. And the message is for us to take heed and see that even though these were terribly trying and difficult times and we can never really understand, or at least not until the redemption comes, not until the Messiah comes, at the, at, in this stage of our lives we can never really understand why it happened. But we can look and we can see that even though it happened and they were horrible times, God was still with us. God was still there. God was still inside of our troubles. He was there with us. He was crying along with us. This is something that we can take to heart. We can really see it in our own lives because there are so many times that Hashem, God, gives us a little pat on the back. I want to tell you a little story that happened yesterday with a very good friend of mine. This guy, we'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain, so a few months ago he had a dream. It was a very interesting dream. And in his dream... For some reason, his tefillin, his phylacteries, melted. That's what happened in his dream. And then he woke up from the dream, and he didn't know what to think of it. He told a few people. It bothered him a little bit, but he didn't really make too much of it. This is, I think, a month or two ago. Yesterday, the dream happened again. He had the dream again. And in the dream, his tefillin melted. Like The way he described it was, it almost looked like the, the Wicked Witch of the West. And... He didn't know what to do, so he decided to take his tefillin and have them checked. He brought them to a friend of his who checks tefillin, and he told him this dream, and they both laughed together. It was a cute dream. And a few hours later, this friend of his called Ruvain and said to Ruvain, you're not going to believe this, but the letters inside of your tefillin melted off of the parchment onto the back of the parchment on the other side. Because the way it works is that the parchment, so it's written in, in ink, and then it's rolled up. So obviously something had happened where the, the tefillin, the, the scroll, had been in heat or something, and the, and the letters actually melted, and melted onto the, back of the, onto the back of the parchment that it was rolled onto, and had made these tefillin not, not completely invalid, but in need of repair. And... That's, I mean, that's the story. But the story, what's unbelievable about the story is that here's Hashem coming to this person and showing him, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm taking care of you. Here's someone who's a, a person who's very into the mitzvah of tefillin. The phylacteries is a very important mitzvah for him to, to perform. And, and God sends him a message. Your, your tefillin need to be repaired. Now, it doesn't happen to everyone. But Lamaisa, there are messages that Hashem sends that may not be as explicit. But that happened to us all the time. And all we have to do is look out for them. And we can see that Hashem is constantly guiding us. If we connect to those messages, if we connect to those things that we see, that God is involved in our lives, that's the way that we can come out of any difficulties that we have. And you know, when you look around at the world, and I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, but when you look around at the world and see what's happening, things seem very bleak and dismal, especially if you live in Israel. Things seem very difficult and very dismal. 
But if we look and we see a mice of Ashkacha Pratis, of divine providence like that, we see Hashem is involved, Hashem cares, Hashem is involved in our lives. You know, you look at the wars, each of the wars that the people of Israel have fought, fought in recent history, even the Lebanon War, in 1991 the Gulf War, in 1982 the, the, the previous Lebanon War, each of these wars, 1967, in the 1970s, Yom Kippur War, each of these wars had tremendous, tremendous divine providence. Each of these wars, God was there with us on our side, and He took care of us. He's not going to drop us. He's, he's not going to just say goodbye, I'm not taking care of you anymore. He loves us as long as we are connected to Him. As long as we constantly are trying to connect ourselves to Him, He will take care of us. It's so important to be machazik in times of difficulty, to strengthen ourselves in our connection, our bitachan, our trust in Hashem, our trust in God, and our love of God, and our commitment, and our sacrifice, being ready to sacrifice for God. And it's easy to say these words, but it's not easy to do it. But it's something that we have to reinforce within ourselves. And if we connect to Him and we see His hand in our lives and we look for His hand, because we can't see it unless we look for it. And you know, it says, This is in the negative. We're not supposed to go after our hearts and after our eyes. Which means that if we desire something, it's more likely for us to see it. That's talking about the negative thing. We're not supposed to look for bad things. We're not supposed to look for you know, sensual things. And it's something that comes from a desire within our heart. First is the heart desires, then the eye sees. But the converse is also true. If our heart desires to see Hashem's hand, to see God's hand in our lives, our eyes will see it. If we really want it, we'll see it. And when we see it, it can change us. It can change our outlook in life. And it can change the way we see the world. And when we see that God is involved in our lives, it makes us want to connect Him. It makes us want to do for Him. It makes us want to sacrifice for Him. But the first step is really within our own hands. We have to look for it. And just like Joseph, he was being brought down to Egypt as a slave. Everything seemed bleak and dismal. But he didn't give up. He looked for those signs. He looked for them. He found them. So too we can look for, even if things aren't bleak, or things sometimes will be bleak, we, we can look for it. We can always look for the hand of God. When we look for the hand of God in our lives, we can connect to Him. When we trust Him, and when we love Him, and we are ready to sacrifice for Him, He will bring us salvation. He will be constantly on our side. That's the message of this week's Parsha. That's the message that we see from Joseph. I'd like to just mention at this point that I have a new Dvar Torah that I hope to be putting out every single day, God willing, with God's help. It's called The Daily Dvar. It's in the new and notable section on iTunes. It's, you can also find it on my website at arigoleg.com and go into the Torah section. And I also want to just remark one thing. If you have any stories, let's say, that of, of, of divine providence that you'd like to send to me, I'd be happy to maybe work them into a podcast. And also... It's very important in these times that we be machazek each other. There's a concept that we have to constantly strengthen each other in difficult times, in good times, and in bad times. But no matter what, we need to, you know, if you hear something here that's inspiring, please pass it on to a friend. Say it over at your Shabbos table. If you hear something that, that moves you, give it over to someone else. You know, it's a time, it's a time now that we need to to constantly help each other. This, in this way, God willing, God will bring the redemption speedily and in our days. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, please feel free. Ari Goldwag at gmail.com. I appreciate those who have sent me comments and have thanked me. I thank you as well. And uh, please continue to send the thank yous. It's machazik me. It helps me. And uh, it helps me to continue to be able to do these types of things. Have a very good Shabbos.